Hello, my name is Jim. This is my podcast, The Bloody Vegans. You're very welcome to it. Each week, I'll be travelling ever deeper into the world of veganism, discovering along the way a multitude of viewpoints from the political and ethical to the practical. I'll be doing this through a series of conversations, each aiming to further illuminate my understanding and hopefully yours of all things plant-centric. And this week is no different. I'm going to be chatting with the founder of the uh, forthcoming uh, multivitamin supplement uh, Vegan Power, and that's power spelt P-O-W-A-H, Bradley Jadir. Um, It's a fascinating conversation where we talk about all kinds of things, hallucinogenic drugs, uh, I know, I know, I know, uh, that's, that's subject one, straight out of the gate. Um, we also have a chat about uh, multivitamin supplementation, uh, vegan diets, uh, and, and all kinds of other subjects. So without further ado, here's a conversation between me and Bradley Jadir from Vegan Power. Um, well, I think one of the main things for me was psychedelic medicines. Actually, I was a meat eater until I was at uni, really, which was about 10 years ago. I had some pretty powerful experiences where I felt death and felt what it's like to be killed as an animal. And, um became aware of consciousness in other beings. I think when I was younger, I had a very self-centered consciousness where I felt like perhaps I'm the only being that's really conscious in the world. Um, But actually growing up and developing my brain and having those experiences made me realize consciousness is in all the animals and it might be pretty much identical to us. And so, yeah, kind of... From there, having that empathy and that connection made me go vegetarian and then quite quickly vegan. Once you sort of find out about the milk industry and how like chickens are ground up into little <laughs> pastes uh, for the egg industry as well. So it kind of... Yeah. Yeah. There. What, what kind of hallucinogens were they that, that you took originally in... Some of my most, pa- I mean, I've pretty much done everything on that sort of spectrum. But uh, <laughs> uh, I had a big mushroom trip in Amsterdam. I've taken ayahuasca with some shamans and various other substances. And, w- and was this kind of like, you know, opening of your mind, if you like, this epiphany that that they that these, I guess the hallucinogens caused or at least opened the door to you with? It was probably, I wouldn't say caused, I'd say probably more they opened the door for you, for you to, to understand this connection. Was it over the course of time or, or was it like, you know, a series of very specific moments? Um, <laughs> I had a very vicious trip, actually, um, because I felt like, well, when I was younger, I'd done some hunting right. and initially the plan was to like eat the animals that we hunted, but we didn't really know how to prepare them or anything. And it was just a massacre in the end. So it was not a very nice um, part of my life. Um, although I must say, I, must, I did enjoy hunting when I was like a teenager. I did only did it a couple of times. But I had a trip where I felt like I died 
and I felt the death of all the animals that I killed. I felt myself bleed out. Um, I felt myself like go into a hell realm, basically. Wow. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I had a very powerful experience then. Mm. That was one of the key moments. Um, but no, it was. I mean, it was a bit of a gradual shift, and I was like. Like the psychedelic moments are very powerful and they show you things, but then you have to integrate them and it takes a little bit of time, I think. For me, it did anyway. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's like a, a growing realization when you sort of come to understand animal consciousness is mm. a common theme throughout all the animal kingdom, really. As someone who's who's not had those experiences, you know, I've not not dabbled in any of those kind of substances, or you know, etc. I'm just just intrigued as to you know, do the um, do those kind of uh, awakening moments? Because that sounds quite horrific. The one that you described there, they're sort of you know experiencing the death of of the animals that you've killed in the past and so on. Do, do those kind of moments? like you said, do they take a while to sort of, you know, you know, almost work out what has happened there? What is the connection? So I imagine in the moment it feels quite visceral and quite, you know, sort of a sensual kind of uh, sensation, you know? Um, well, I get, that trip was like horrendous. Um, and yeah, I just felt, I, I felt myself die. Um, yeah, it was very visceral. Like I felt blood coming out of my body and I felt like I had a knife in me and like, and then being in hell was like a timeless zone because you, you didn't know how long, how you've been in there, how long it's going to be. Wow. There's like no love. I like you, I felt like there was some consciousness around me, but it wasn't loving. It was just like, um, hell basically. Mm. Um, however, when I came out of this experience, I felt fantastic. It was like right. a cleanse, like I'd gone through a catharsis mm. and I felt fantastic. I was like, oh, I learned a lot. I let a lot of stuff go. I had my karma come to me and burnt it off. So it was, it was a positive experience. Mm. But yeah, I think these sort of things people shouldn't take lightly because, you know, you you could damage yourself. It really should be done uh, under the supervision of a shaman. Yeah. I was going to ask that with um, ayahuasca particularly. It's uh, something that is that is done under that kind of stewardship, isn't it? You know, I don't know much about it, so it would be good to understand a little bit about what that journey looks like. Um, yeah, I think that there's like, um, there's definitely a middle ground with psychedelics. A lot of people think they're very dangerous because, you know, you might jump off a building or something because uh, you think you can fly or something stupid like that. Um, and if you disrespect them, if you use them as like a recreationally to feel good, you know, if you drink alcohol then with it, then you are putting yourself at a lot of risk. Um, and they really should be done under the influence, under the supervision of a shaman or uh, a psychotherapist, mm. um, especially for your first times. And you have to realize that they have the ability to change your brain and your brain structure. And if you don't respect that and put your brain in a position where it can heal 
rather than be further damaged, um, you're putting yourself up for a lot of risk, really. Like, because the psychedelics, they have the ability to increase the electricity flow through the brain. It can basically rewire the neural networks. And so you have to be careful about how you rewire them. And that's where the shaman or the therapist can come in. And that's where something like alcohol can really give you a bad experience if you, you know, you can damage your brain. Yeah. So did, the, did these experiences kind of, it sounds like they did out, but outside of veganism, did they kind of fundamentally change your, your worldview? over the course of time completely completely changed me like, overnight basically yeah. i was quite atheist because i was studying medicine at uh, ucl and it's a very when you're doing a science it's very sort of you know everything's evidence-based there's no spirituality mm. or holistic nature to it it was just very science-based and i was very much into the you know everything has to have a 95 percent confidence interval for you to believe it so I didn't believe in God or stuff like this. And then having had these experiences, it completely changed my understanding of the universe and it brought me into Buddhism and spirituality and these like Eastern religions, as well as, you know, Christianity. But it gave me um, a new perspective of the meaning of love and how to, you know, love your fellow humans and creatures. <laughs> yeah. And how did that juxtapose or, or jar against the the medical world in which you were in at the time you know did you continue on with that that path or did it feel a little bit sort of almost soulless yeah it, well i i basically i stopped that um i got a degree in biomedical science i was studying medicine but i i finished my degree in biomedical science and then i got into holistic health um different times of massage and different types of holistic healthcare, shiatsu and other ways of approaching the body and mind, yoga, different stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I kept my understanding of how to read the medical literature and I've also been interested in nutrition and trying to optimise my energy levels for like a long time. I mean, having changed my diet, it was like I had to use that sort of, curiosity and scientific knowledge and how to read the medical literature to sort of optimize my brain which was how i was trying to you know live mm. via meditation but also the western knowledge as well yeah and did you bring that to your veganism quite quick that sort of scientific understanding of nutrition etc no unfortunately not well i guess so but there was definitely a few years where i was very confused right like i went I just cut, I mean, when I first went vegetarian, I just cut out meat and I wasn't eating much good stuff. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm, my wife is the chef, as I was saying, she's a fantastic chef, she takes good care of me, but I'm not very good at spending a lot of time preparing my meals mm. or, you know, making sure I've got a very balanced diet. So I had to look into supplementation. And actually mm. when I first started, I went, I had got in, when I was like, I guess 20 or 21, which is like 12 years ago, thankfully. It was like I got into the sports drink diet, you know, right. drinking like Red Bulls and stuff. <laughs> and then I switched to like a keto diet for a little bit because I realized sugars were terrible. And then I switched to like realizing, oh, it's just the 
the the um, like processed sugars, which are really bad for us, and realize that you want to have a little bit of carbs, especially as a vegetarian and vegan. I think it's quite important to have carbs as well as the good fats. So then my diet became a bit more balanced. Um, and I was, you know, researching into um, like biohacking and stuff like that, trying different nootropics and stuff. But it's only really been more recently where I've had like real benefits and understanding about supplementation. Um, like the last few years, I had some like strong benefits from taking choline supplements and DHA and stuff. M- mostly choline was the one that I really noticed. A lot yeah. of the supplements are stuff that it's like a gradual shift mm. that you need yeah so talking about um kind of the i just want to before we get right into the world of supplementation yeah. i just want to talk about where veganism's kind of at and thinking about you know the last few years veganism's kind of it you know it feels like anyway and i think i'm a bit cautious to say it's exploded because i think there's an element of when you're in a social media bubble and you, you, you keep hearing the same thing, yeah. you know, so you, you think it's exploding. I don't know if it necessarily is because the population is still only like 1% of people, but, but still it, it feels like there is a, I think it quadrupled in five years. Well, we'll call that an explosion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, that, if it keeps quadrupling it, it will be everyone soon. That, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, it counts as explosion. So we'll call yeah. it, we'll call it explosion. Given that, and, you know, you see big brands jumping on the, the bandwagon. You see lots of meat alternatives. You see uh, lots of vegan junk food. And it's all, you know, really exciting. Um, but at the same token, you know, how, how do you feel about that from, a uh, you know, the vegan sort of movement point of view? Do, do you think it has a place? Where do you think it sits? Uh, the, the, the more brands. I think, I think it's great. I mean, for me... I love being able to go into the shop and have like a big selection of different vegan foods. I mean, my wife would normally cook from scratch, but when I'm mm. alone, she's like traveling at the moment. I like to be able to have, you know, some ready made vegan meals and I don't have to spend so much time cooking. So I think it's great. I mm. think it, this trend has been wonderful and I'm really happy to see like consciousness expanding in yeah. the general population. Yeah. yeah. Do you think there's a danger it misses the. Uh, the you know it sort of uh, let's say circumvents the sort of whole foods plant based kind of methodology from a health point of view. Is that is that a concern to you? Um, it is. Uh, mm. I think the, my main concern is um, with organic. Like I think the right. organic movement is very important. Um, I feel like if your veggies aren't organic, they're not really vegan because right amount of pesticides that they use like if you're not eating honey because you're worried about bees why are you eating foods that have been sprayed with pesticides and Mm. killing like 50 percent of the whole insect population Mm. like it i think the organic movement is important and a lot of probably a lot of the foods that we get are not organic like the process like the vegan junk foods and yeah vegan meats is probably i know you probably can get organic stuff but it's not very readily available and um yeah i mean 
a lot of the time they're not very, you know, they're not very nutritious con- uh, conscious. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just food, like basic energy, but you know, the vegan pizzas that I've been eating whilst my wife's away <laughs> is probably very, very poor nutritious uh, quality. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I suppose moving then into the world of supplementation, you know, how, how important do you see it as a, uh, as a tool for, you know, vegans particularly to keep healthy or in fact the, the wider population? Do you think supplementation's kind of key for us? I think... Um, from the research that I've done, I think supplementation is very important. Mm. Um, there's, we'll go into like some of the individual things in a bit, but yeah, certainly there's some things that are lacking and for the general population, because with you know, the, us reusing the soil at the moment, we're losing like various minerals and vitamins and stuff from plants growing again and again in the same soil. They're not as nutritious as they would have normally been. Um, especially if we're eating, who knows, sort of pesticide-ridden veggies, you know. Um, But I think for, it's much more important for vegans to supplement than meat eaters. Yeah, I think carnivores probably need a lot less supplementation than vegans. At the same time, it's... um, I think we have to distinguish what is essential and what mm. is beneficial. Okay. Um, I think a lot of vegans might be upset with what I'm saying about <laughs> supplementation. They like to think that we can get everything from vegetables and maybe historically their ancestors were just eating fruits in the tree or something like that. Um, I feel like my my veganism is for ethical reasons it's not some sort of philosophy about my ancestry or Mm. saying that vegetables are just as nutritious as me i'm i'm in it for the ethical reasons and i'm i want to be optimized and I um and I had some I had several experiences which sort of pushed me towards looking more at supplementation. Okay. Um, I had many friends that were long term vegans, but they ended up moving back into eating meat because they felt like their energy levels had crashed. Um, yes, yeah, several people who were like very hardcore, um, even YouTube vegan celebrities, like yeah that I knew personally, Mm. that after a few years, they suddenly reverted to eating beef again. And initially I thought they they just weren't doing the diet right or they Mm. weren't taking the B12 supplement or something. But um, I looked more into it and I found that there are quite a few nutritional deficits that can happen in the vegan diet. And depending on genetics as well, it can make quite a big difference as to how well you can adapt to a vegan diet. And there's several nutrients which have small benefits Mm -hmm. um, for vegans and some that have very important large benefits. Um, And as I say, when when I sort of experimented with different supplements, I noticed 
like a change in myself. Like I noticed a big increase in energy when I got my choline supplementation down properly. Um, which made me think, yeah, they, I think there's a lot of vegans that could benefit. And I think there's a lot of people, like I read some statistic, it was from a few years ago, but it said 80% of people that go vegetarian, vegan, then went back to eating meat in the survey they did. Like a lot of people fell off veganism in the, this was a few years ago. Mm. And hopefully now mm. it's getting better. But a lot of people do go vegan and a lot of people come back to eating meat again, mainly because... I'm not sure if it was mostly social issues or health issues, but a large part of it was health issues. I even had a friend who was a doctor who um, she only lasted a year. She wanted to be vegan, but she only lasted a year because she felt like her energy had crashed. Mm. She was a doctor. She should know like how to eat properly, but for her, it wasn't working. Um, so yeah, seeing a lot of people not being able to do it made me think that I can help somehow. Yeah. Okay. And how did you go about starting that that sort of journey? So you, you've got this idea of, you know, wanting to help. You've got some medical science background. Um, I've had this awakening around veganism and so want to go on that journey successfully and thrive. So what was the next step? Well, so I was just, I'll say before we move on, I'll say I was quite, there was quite a lot of emotion before. Mm. Like I felt personally upset that some of my friends that were vegan fell off veganism yeah. i was like had an emotional reaction like oh you're doing it wrong like veganism's perfect as it is and there was like a lot of emotion but then it sort of slowly changed into like what exactly is in meat that is not in the vegan diet and so i took like a more scientific approach to an emotional approach yeah um so then i got in as i got into the science i started just uh, kind of experimenting on myself, like buying all the different things that I was researching about and noticing differences and realising that it's very expensive actually to buy like a lot of these things separately and costs can add up. And then seeing that, you know, maybe I could provide it a lot cheaper in a single package, which I would use myself. It's like the product is for me. Yeah, <laughs> but also for everyone else. That, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's worth starting with what is essential. You mentioned a bit earlier about what's essential and what's beneficial. Yeah. I'd love to get into that a little bit because I think for you know myself in included, but many many vegans, you know, we you hear what you hear, don't you? So you hear the B twelve. You know, everyone who's anyone will tell you about protein because that's what everybody sort of non vegan wants to talk to you about first. Then they tend to want to talk to you about B12 and then they tend to, tend to want to talk to you about iron and maybe vitamin D. So those kind of yeah. things like are probably the ones that sit front and centre and, you know, people might supplement. But outside of that, you know, you, it, maybe you pick up a couple of others, iodine and selenium along the, along the way. Yeah. But um, even then, I, I'd probably contest how much I actually know about those things. So it would be good to understand a little bit between essential... Uh, for a for a healthy thriving vegan diet and and then perhaps what do you think is beneficial on top of that okay well um if you don't mind i'll start with some of the beneficial ones go for it because i've got like a stack of papers here which i put in order <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go for it so um basically 
I'm going to, I'll start with DHA, okay. which is an omega-3. Uh, I think a lot of vegans are turned on to DHA because now you get yeah. it in algae. Like, yes. And it is a supplement that you see on the shelves quite a lot. And it is quite important for vegans to take omega-3s, mm. algae, DHA in particular. Um, so DHA is involved in making the neuronal cell membranes okay. in the brain. It's like the key ingredient to making new brain cells, basically. It's in the, ner the, the nerve fibers, they use like fat to insulate them and it helps like the electrical signals. Right. So omega-3 DHA is what's used to make these sort of myelin sheaves, they call yeah. it. So DHA is, is considered non-essential because we can convert it from another omega-3 called ALA, mm -hmm. but the rate of conversion can be as low as 2%. Okay. So it's very little. Um, and they've done studies and they've shown, like, yeah, vegans are lacking DHA quite significantly. Um, this study here was basically saying that it was because we eat more of the um, different type of omega-3 there's like an unbalance, an unbalancing which promotes the tissues to decline in our brain, really. Right. Because you have to rebuild and like we have to take the omega three out from the brain, so it can actually promote brain damage to not have enough omega three. And you want to be eating about two hundred and fifty milligrams of DHA a day to maintain your brain health and your eye health. Okay. So that is, it's considered like non-essential, but it is quite essential. <laughs> sounds quite essential. <laughs> sounds quite useful, what you right? just said. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's like definitely an overlap between what's considered essential and not essential. Where are non-vegans getting that out of interest? Uh, fish. Okay. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big uh, fish. I mean, you get it in fish liver pills, like, you know, cod liver. Cod liver oil yeah. type stuff, yeah. I mean, you get it in fish and fat and meat. But it's basically completely absent from the vegan diet. Okay. Um, but it's one of those things which is very sort of uh, slow. When you supplement with something like DHA, it's a very slow sort of gradual thing. Like you won't notice it. You won't notice a few neurons coming and going in your brain. Mm. So like you just have to trust the science to some extent that it's beneficial and so, yeah, a lot of vitamins and minerals, it's like a slow burn. It's not like having right. a, a cup of coffee. Yeah. But when you understand the processes, you think, oh, yeah, maybe I should take that over the next few years rather than have a gradual decline in my brain. And Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. I'd definitely rather that than a, a decline in my brain. <laughs> also, the benefit with taking the algae DHA is the fish oil often has mercury and stuff. Yeah. And you're not killing fish, obviously. So yeah. it's, that's really great that we've got DHA from algae now. And now I think humans have been eating fish for millennia. Mm. So I think that is part, it's been a part of our ability to have a nice big brain. Yeah. Um, so now we don't need it. We can have algae. So great. That's DHA. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one I've got on my list is creatine. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so creatine is quite a common sort of sports supplement. You might have heard I of it. Hear, that's exactly where my brain jumped to straight away was those supplementation shops, which are full of whey protein and stuff like that when you said creatine. And they've also often got those massive tubs of creatine. Yeah. So um, creatine increases uh, ATP production, which okay. is like increases energy production. So in the athletics world, they use it to boost like energy in the muscles. However, it also produces energy in the brain as well. Okay. And it's absent in the vegan diet. And there were some studies uh, showing that memory is enhanced in vegetarians who take creatine. They also showed that it increased um, intelligence with some tests called a Raven's Advanced Progressive Indices Test. And they tested vegetarians and vegans eating creatine and made them smarter and it made their memory better. Okay. I don't think it's like a huge... I mean, I've, I've used it. I haven't suddenly become <laughs> so much more intelligent. You've not started talking like Stephen Fry off the no. back of back of a bit of creatine, but it's still, still it plays There's a, a little boost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, but what I noticed was um, there isn't, there's no boost for omnivores who take creatine. It's just vegetarians and vegans who take it. Okay, interesting. So all we needed to do was take as much creatine as the omnivores to have that boost. Yeah. We don't have to take a big five gram like bodybuilding dose. Yeah. For the brain activity, you can just take a gram because normally okay. a normal omnivorous diet will give you about a gram of creatine. Right. So there's a benefit for vegans to take creatine. That's why we put it in the sure. product. Yeah. Um, but again, it, th or this one is like a non-essential. Yeah. You know, it's like one it, that you consider beneficial. Yeah. But the, I mean, there's also some benefits. I mean, it has more effect on vegans when they, who take it for athletic performance as well. It might give you a little bit more bench press or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. They had, yeah, they have a bet. They have an increase in workout ability compared to omnivores who take creatine. Yeah. So that's creatine. Um, my next one was choline. That's something that I, yeah, no, you've mentioned this. I'll yeah. be honest, I've never heard of it. Which so, is probably more for me, but <laughs> Yeah. Choline is um is basically one of the main uh, neurotransmitters in the brain is something called acetylcholine. Okay. And choline is also involved in like cell membranes uh and fat transport right. in the body. And so it has a range of effects in the brain and like cells and something called very low density lipoproteins and stuff. Okay. Um, and it's quite, you know, the research is quite new. I think um, it's only recently been called like an essential nutrient. Like mm. people weren't so sure about what it was doing. And it's very easy for vegans to not have enough unfortunately mm. there i mean 
I'm some vegan groups I've sort of saw they were upset that people were saying vegans are not getting enough choline. Right. But, um, so basically, recommendations are around 500 milligrams a day. If you have half a cup of tofu, it's only 35 milligrams. Okay. Broccoli is about 31 milligrams. Um, two tablespoons of peanut butter will give you 11 milligrams. So if you want to make 500 milligrams a day, you've got to eat, you've got to be quite aware and you've got to eat quite a lot of these things, these sort of vegan products that have choline. I think it it is possible to get your choline from a vegan diet, mm. but you have to be very conscious about it. Yeah. And probably eat a lot of stuff that you might not want to necessarily eat. <laughs> um, it's mainly in meat and eggs. Like eggs is a huge source of choline. So vegetarians are normally okay for it. Right. Okay. But once you go to the veganism, you're quite a large risk of being choline deficient. And actually, I think the population as a whole generally has a bit lower level cholines than what people want to see. It's like mm. even meat eaters have a little bit low choline. Right. And if you have low levels, it can give you uh, sleepiness. Okay. You'd be a bit tired, feel a bit sleepy. And it can also ha have consequences on um, your lipid distributions and give you a fatty liver because okay. you're not producing enough like wow. of these very low density lipoproteins. And so actually there's different types of choline supplements. When I first took a choline supplement, I didn't notice anything. Mm. And that one was something called choline bitartrate or lecithin, I think they also call it. Mm. That doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier, though. It's not a very good supplement and it can also build up some slightly toxic metabolites in the intestines. So I sort of tried that and I left it for years mm. until I was reading more stuff about choline deficiency in vegans and stuff. Now I tried something called CDP choline. Okay. Also CT choline, they call it. Um, the brand is Cognizin. Who makes it. It's um, a, it's a, type of choline that can cross the blood-brain barrier so it can get converted into the neurotransmitters acetylcholine a lot easier and it also promotes dopamine and some other like neurotransmitter release so that felt like very powerful for me <laughs> yeah when i tried that i felt like a huge surge of electricity from my body was that one a bit more instant then? yeah that one was like whoa Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, so... Wow. That's... Um, and then longer-term positive effects as well? Yeah, I does think... It, um, does it, you, do, you, do you maintain you, that kind you, of great feeling? Um, so, it's very hard to say. Like, it, it was very much more noticeable at the beginning. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. It's kind of... You don't really notice it so much after you take it, but you probably aware that you might have been deficient and it's helping you. I'm like, my focus is definitely a lot better than it was a few months ago. It's very hard to say exactly what yeah. is doing what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend trying City Choline, CDB Choline. We're going to include it in the, in the supplement if it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so that's a specific type of choline. Another one is alpha-GPC, which is quite good, I think. Um, CDP choline, I think, is the best one. Um, so moving on from choline, there's another couple carnine nutrients. One of them is called right. carnosine. I think it was one of the reasons they like, started calling these things carnine nutrients. Uh, carnosine, again, totally absent from the vegan diet, um, has a few roles in the body. The main one is it stops proteins binding to sugars in an unhealthy way that's called glycosylation, uh, mainly in the brain. That's where sure. we're worried about that. With like neurodegenerative disorders such as um, Alzheimer's, maybe Parkinson's disease and some of these things, maybe not so much Parkinson's, but more Alzheimer's, you get like the brain starts clogging up with these conjugated proteins, which are not right. Basically, they shouldn't be there. And carnosine helps to get rid of that. It's like a cleansing. Okay. It's like helps keep the brain clean and fresh. So it will help you with memory as you get older. And it will help you stop you getting these sort of brain disorders. It's a protective role. And they've also shown that it can help lower anxiety and give you increased performance in stressful situations. So if you're like a SAS vegan, <laughs> take a bit of this, could be good. I might be, but I can't yeah, tell you can't about tell. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's carnosine. That's, um, yeah, I think it's quite, it's got a few good roles. It's not something that you, again, it's not something mm. that you'd probably really notice straight away, but it'll just keep your brain healthy as you, you know, live out your life as a vegan. It'll keep you nice and healthy and functioning well. Um, taurine is another one. And so taurine is found in lots of different cells. It's like throughout the whole mammalian like cells. It's in the central nervous system and the eyes and basically throughout the body. Um, it's an antioxidant. It's cytoprotective and, you know, you find it in, in like energy drinks often. That's where I recognise yeah, the name. Yeah, like they put it in Red Bull and <laughs> yeah, stuff. That's, where I, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. where I recognise the name. Yeah, I think like, I think a lot of that is probably psychological marketing because it sounds like bull, you know, Tory. Totally. Put it in Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, but it, it can have some effects um, it can regulate electrolytes in the body, which is quite useful for sports, I guess. Yeah. Regulates calcium and it can also um, help you recover from exercise um, by clearing out. Because it's an antioxidant, when you like damage your muscles from exercise, it can help you repair faster and mm. get back in the game a bit faster, basically. Yeah. yeah. So there's some benefits for taurine and yeah, it's, it's generally low in the vegan diet. Well, it is. It's not, it's not, it's, we can make a little bit in the body. Right. But generally vegetarians and vegans are, have less taurine than carnivores. So there might be a slight disadvantage there. 
So in the supplement, we just wanted to give you as much taurine as what would be in the carnivorous diet. Yeah. Not like a huge, huge dose that you get in energy drinks because a lot of that is just, you know, marketing and stuff. Not necessarily healthy to have like huge dose. Mm. I'm incredibly impressed with how much research you must have put into this. You know, to have to have even begun to think about, you know, a supplement beyond I'm going to make a supplement, let's put B12 in it because that's the thing that everyone talks about in the vegan world. Like, I, I, and I appreciate you you have, you know, some some biomedical science background which has kind of, you know, may, may have been a, a huge, well, would have been a huge factor in this. But, you know, where did, where did you even begin to start that, that, that research? You know, was this you know, a particular set of studies that you started to look at first or, you know, is it an ongoing journey? You know, what was the, where did you get to say some of these that you just come up with there? Because I'll be honest, as vegan for three and a half years, haven't heard those names in the kind of mainstream vegan culture, if you like. Well, um, I guess, I, I mean, I was looking at DHA quite a few years ago mm. and I was supplementing with DHA for a few years and but a lot of the carny nutrients I only sort of researched more in the last year or so mm. um, I guess a lot of it kicked off I was in Thailand and there's a big vegan community out in Chiang Mai and I was having debates with people that had gone off veganism into eating meat right. and like strong athletes that, you know, they'd been vegan for a while and they felt like they couldn't keep up their athletic performance and their their functionality on the vegan diet. So, like, there was a bit of a emotional sort of battling there, I guess. Mm. And then... And then, like, I think I read some articles about different... Like some people have written some articles about how it's difficult actually to supplement vegan diet. There's no like all-in-one supplement. Yeah. Um, these different things are lacking. And I thought, oh, well, we should make that then. <laughs> 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 so then I got, I mean, I spent like a couple of weeks like really researching, you know, spending a lot of time going through PubMed and the different articles to see what was going on and, reading and kind of analyzing and not taking anything face value. Um, I'm sure there's more research to do and there's more information mm. coming out. So like the, the first draft is not necessarily going to be, you know, what it's going to be in a few years. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's not like a fixed. It's going to take time. Yeah. Well, as new research comes out, we might find there's more things that are lacking. On, yeah. Know? And it, how heavily regulated is the the sort of supplement industry? Because I'm imagining you're going to have to jump through a fair amount of hoops to get something like this to market, you know, even having done the research. Um, well, in, um, in the UK, it's, I think it's fairly straightforward. Like in America, I think it's a bit more difficult. But because it's not like, it's not new, like, right. then the ingredients are not new. We're not giving you experimental new yeah. COVID-19 vaccine or anything like that. <laughs> it's just like yeah. 
taking little bits and putting them together, basically. Right. So, like, so as these long, are all things as that As exist. long as they have their... I mean, we have to go get, like, proper certificates of analysis, make sure right. everything is pure and, you know, safe. But these are things that have been used for many years, mm. just not combined in this specific manner for vegans. I wanted to ask you a bit about... Um, bioavailability, which is a phrase I'm literally taking from somebody else who told it to me. So I'm not going to profess to have any sort of knowledge here. But um, I I recently interviewed somebody who uh, actually has come at supplementation from a different angle insofar as they've produced a bar. And this bar has, you know, has got a nutrient profile that is supposed to cover, you know, as, as much of the vegan diet needs as, as possible. And the, one of the things that they said was a challenge with the synthesized supplementation market or manufactured supplementation was that um, it, they weren't as bioavailable. And that, that they explained this as this is why you see uh, B12 with 2,000% of the recommended daily amount on the back of the, the packet mm-hmm. because the bioavailability will only be, I don't know, yeah. will get to 100% if they give you 2,000%. Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, well, have I, more does it make sense? More have I explained it right? You you, you know the science better than me. Um, so so how does that fit into, the, into this particular product and your thoughts on producing it? Well, I think that's, yeah, that's very important to bear in mind. And I'm sure like carnivores and stuff will say, yeah, probably you get better absorption of DHA from eating fish and right. stuff like that. But you also but, get the mercury in the yeah, heavy metals, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It is something that you have to bear in mind though, for sure. And it's, um, there are certain, you know, some certain vitamins and stuff can't be absorbed together or, you know, right. things like that. So there is some complications to it and i'm sure i I wholly agree like whole food sources would be generally better absorbed but like you say it's the challenge with the percentages right so if you've got what what was the percentage b12 is i think b12 is quite um a strong example of that like it's a very b12 absorption is very strange in that if you have a lot of it at once, you hardly get any. Right. But if you take it like a small amount, you get almost 100%. So if you have like a small amount a couple of times a day, you can absorb a lot more of it. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's also like, with things like um, B12, say, uh, they're often quite cheap anyway, you know. It's right. not like... You, it's not like the trace, like these trace minerals and vitamins, they're normally quite cheap. So you're okay to take 2,000. You're not going to break your bank account on yeah. on those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with what they're saying. Um, I just don't, I just don't think it's possible to get all these ingredients. That's the challenge, yeah. In, well, they're not in vegan sources. Like there's no whole food sources of... DHA, creatine, choline, carnosine, or taurine. Right. Like, so I think if they're selling a product, it won't have those ingredients in mm. it if it's like from a whole food source. 
And this is, this is ultimately the crux of why that supplementation is still an important part, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, I, I was thinking about, you know, different formats um, and maybe vegan power would go into, could be a bar or a drink or... Yeah. But I think it will make, it will just make the cost quite a little bit more expensive. And I think it will definitely, it will just start as a pill. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe one day be something else. I wanted to keep it affordable and effective, basically. Well, yeah. Well, that is kind of key for, for, for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Because definitely the, one of the challenges with, uh, with, with particularly this product that, I, that, I'm, that I've been thinking of here from the from a prior episode was exactly that that it's it's not the cheapest thing in the world you know if you were going to take it as a supplement it's fantastic in so many regards mm. obviously we sounds like there's some there's some extra supplementation that would still mm. be required but the the price is fairly prohibitive for most people yeah. well, you know to be honest, I'm not. I mean, this supplement is also not going to be super cheap. Mm. It might be similar price in the end. Mm. Probably looking around twenty nine pounds for a month. Yeah. Um, pound a day though. Pound a day. Yeah. yeah. It's just like DHA and co- like the sickly choline. It's a specific type of choline. It's quite expensive, and DHA yeah. from algae is at the moment is quite expensive as well. So. Yeah, this supplement, this supplement will be about, you know, it could be five times cheaper than if you bought everything separately. Yeah. Like you could pay, like I bought um, a CD Choline supplement and it was just, it was £35 for a month wow. by itself or even £39 for a month. Wow. So like, we yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to keep the cost down, even though, you know, they could be quite high. Yeah. Yeah. I guess one of the, the big challenges, you know, if I try and put myself in your shoes, coming up with, you know, you've done this amazing research, coming up with this this product, little pathway that obviously to get it to market, but ultimately there's, there's, a, there's you know, a plan for that. There's a big thing that sort of sits in my mind that, you know, are the vegan community aware enough to want to buy into this kind of a product, you know, at the moment. So, do you think there's a fair amount of awareness that needs to be to be to be created and sort of done over the course of time? So, like we said at the beginning, you know, if you asked the average vegan in the street, they'd probably say B12, iron, protein. They'd come up with that, but they wouldn't say taurine or you know, or, or, or any of the the, the carny nutrients or mm. They wouldn't say these things. So do you think there's a fair amount of work to be done there in that space? Yeah, there's a huge, huge <laughs> amount of work. Um, there's a lot of yeah education that needs to happen and a lot of just... I think the vegan community is quite young. A lot of it is mm. quite young. They've been doing it for a couple of years. Like most of the vegans are brand new. Mm. And actually the sinister effects of not having enough vitamins and minerals might take a few years before you really notice like something's not quite right um so i think it's something that um yeah i mean i was just say like i had very very close friends that were very diehard sort of um 
believing that they're going to get absolutely everything from the vegan diet. But they were very, like, very pro-vegan. But they're also very, like, we're just going to eat vegetables and we're going to get, like, B12 from seaweed and stuff like this. Yeah. But now they're eating meat. Mm. <laughs> because, like, uh, B12, uh, I mentioned B12. Um, there is something called, a, like, a like an analogue of B12 in seaweed. It's not, it's not exactly the same. Right. There's a confusion that um, it, it's, it's like a bioidentical pseudo-vitamin, but okay. it doesn't, it looks the same. And if you have like a blood test, it might come out as B12, but right. it doesn't have the effect of B12. Wow. But um, your B12 is very important for our energy levels and for protecting the nervous system. So they've shown that people that don't eat B12 after like a few years can have serious like damage to their nervous system. So yeah, B12 people tend to know about that one. The diehards who won't have any supplementation are at big risk of, well, they probably won't stay vegan. That's the thing. It's like, they're probably, they're probably feel like it's not working for them anymore and then just go back to eating beef or something. Mm. That's the sad thing. Mm. Just, they need to find a middle ground where they'll be like, okay, I'm doing this for the animals, not for some sort of philosophy where I'm convinced that everything, that, you know, a vegetable is just as nutritious as a beef steak because it, mm. it's not necessarily, it's definitely not actually, <laughs> yeah. Is that the kind of ultimate driver for you then to, to keep to keep people vegan? Yeah, that's a big motivation. And just to make it easier, because like a lot of the vegan community, like you see on the Facebook pages, like, what do I need? I'm, like, I've just gone vegan, I'm crashing and mm. I'm worried about my son who's vegan. And like people are very, I think people are aware that they have to suddenly increase their knowledge about what they need to do to stay functional as a vegan. And we're trying to give them a simple solution. I'm speaking to an investor now, actually, and we've got okay. a company that is ready to make them and wow. everything's lined up, really. Wow. So you could move much, much It could be, yeah, it could be a couple months. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, like... It's expensive to buy a first order. Yeah. Like it, several tens of thousands of pounds. If you bought, I mean, they were saying if I bought it in um, like a few hundreds, like it's like, it cost me 50 pound each to buy the product. So wow. I, I can't do it myself. Like I can't, I've not got the money. Even for like to buy a hundred units, it cost me like 5,000 pounds. It's not until you buy like 10,000 units or more that the price is coming down. So I'm speaking to an investor to put like an initial large order in and then have some money for like a marketing sort of educational program to put it out there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in the next couple of weeks, they'll probably say yes and no, and then we might be on our way. <laughs> hopefully so yeah hopefully hopefully so and if folks want to find out a little bit more do they where do they go you've got a website i believe yeah vegan yeah. power is p-o-w-a-h yep dot com 
and we've got a web Facebook page. We've not got much content out there at the moment. It's still, you know, yeah. we would, we tried to do a crowdfunder campaign, but it didn't work out. Yeah. We didn't have any following. So we had to sell like 10,000 units <laughs> in, a, right. in a month. So that didn't work out. Um, so what we're looking for now is to just be able to sell it and promote it and find some, you know, celebrities or have some like more famous doctors sort of put their names behind it and yeah. analyze it and get like proper sort of backing for it. Have you got some, you've got some support from the some some folks within the medical community, doctors, etc. Um, well, Are you kind of building that right now. I, I, I. I mean, I was in medical school for a couple of mm. years, so I know a lot of friends that are yeah. doctors. But I think we're going to be looking more for big names that people know. Yeah. Yeah. To so try and analyse it and board. give their seal of approval. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, Brad, it's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time today. I've uh, learned lots. <laughs> I feel like I've got lots of research in the meantime whilst I wait for Vegan Power to come out. So. Great. Uh, I'll, the other little bits I'll just mention briefly before we check out. Yeah, go for it. Um, iodine, zinc, selenium. Um, yeah, so just chatting about iodine briefly. Yeah. So you often see a lot of plant-based milks talk about, that you know, they profess to have iodine or selenium particularly. Yeah. Those are two that I've heard about. Now, what's the... Um, you know, what's the dosage like, the reliability of using those as a supplement? Uh, I think it's, I think that, I think it's good as far mm. as I'm aware. Like mm. iodized salt is something that yeah. you get in, um, not in England, but I think in other countries they put. Standard in Canada, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the table salt, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, the governments do, I think you can get good iodine from supplements. Mm. Yeah, I don't think that's difficulty yeah as far as i'm aware i don't think there is um, and why is it why is it so key iodine uh well iodine is particularly key for vegans because it's um involved in the production of thyroid hormones mm -hmm. which regulate our metabolism and our like energy levels mm. so if you're not if your thyroid isn't you know working properly right you might find yourself being very sluggish and gaining weight and you know being a, so yeah basically thyroxine deficient stuff like this so iodine yeah it's very it's important and it's only really found in seaweed mm -hmm. in the vegan diet but actually seaweed is not a reliable source because there's huge variations of iodine in seaweed some of the seaweed has got practically none and some of it has like lethal doses of iodine right and that sounds terrifying yeah so it's <laughs> like it's um yeah they did like studies analyzing the different contents of iodine in seaweed and it, it's huge fluctuations so it's not a it's not a reliable safe way to say like i'm gonna have seaweed as my source of iodine i actually Sometimes use a little bit of iodine in my um, mouthwash because it's okay. I made my own, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend that because if you get the dose wrong, you could easily poison yourself. <laughs> I definitely but, won't be trying yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, iodine is very important. You get it in a lot of vegan multivitamins generally. Yeah. Yeah. So most of the vegan multivitamins will give you like these sort of critical things like you know, iodine B12, stuff like this. It's just the more expensive carny nutrients, which is the main benefit of vegan power over these yeah. other things. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the ones that just the community's not as aware of. They're you know? not aware of yet. No. I think over the next few years it will probably be more yeah although people have big vested interest in thinking that the vegan diet is complete somehow like big groups they as i say they like to say you can get everything from a plant that you can from a cow yeah but it's just not true i don't think no not from my experience yeah, yeah. well look thank you thank you for your time brad it's been thanks been, for coming around you know, it's been been incredible i've i've learned a lot and uh, yeah, like really looking forward to vegan power getting out onto the shelves. Thank you so much. Thank Great you. Great to meet you, James.